Because when you come alive, you're going to attract more of that same kind of work. Yeah. Because you're making impact and those people will spread the word on your behalf because there's alignment. There's resonance like we were talking about last episode. It's like everything kind of comes together. What's inside? Discovering what you're made of and making the most of it with professional coach Ken Edwards. Helping you understand your gifts, honing your leadership skills, sharpening your natural instinct so you can enjoy a more fulfilling life. So Ken, there's a quote that I love to give that I really love. It's by a guy named Howard Thurman. And he says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. That's right. It's one of my favorites. I love that. And it's probably something that I do in my own coaching as I'm coaching people how to do better podcasts and how to market their skills and brand and take their creativity that makes them come alive and maybe take the parts that don't make them come alive and let me do that part for them. Right. You know, so it's all about energy and understanding what that is. I think it's one of my favorite things that you give to your clients that I've observed. Oh, like how I did that? Yeah. I combined observing. Well, I haven't said listening, but energy. It was implied. It was implied. (laughs) Yeah, man. I know this is something you love to talk about. I do because it's the thing I use the most in my work because I'm always measuring people's energy. It's I mean, our bodies technically are electromagnetic, chemical, magnetic. Cardboard, carbon. We're carbon beings. Yeah. Did you say cardboard? No. (laughs) Sometimes. That's that's the wrong kind of energy. I'm like, wow, that's kind of flat. (laughs) That joke fell flat. Yeah. That's not the first time. But I pay attention to energy all the time. When when a client is in the waiting area and I come downstairs to receive them, the first thing I do is I look them in the eye. I'm hearing their reading, their energy and their voice. And you're observing, you're I'm, listening. I'm taking it all in. And it's like you can sit across from someone and literally feel the energy that they're giving off. And so I'm just reading that and I'm curious about it. And and it's interesting to me, once again, kind of like the observing and listening, how many people don't really acknowledge that. They don't pay attention to it consciously. I think unconsciously you do. You can feel that, but we don't pull that up into the consciousness enough to actually take a reading. Yeah. 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 So the core question is what makes you come alive Yes. in today's episode? It's all about following the energy and we're going to take some of the new agey mysteriousness out of it, but there's still a lot of mysteriousness about it, in my opinion. There is, there is. Now, certainly the New Age world uses energy very differently than I do. Yeah. But there is a little bit of crossover too. And so energy is about this phenomenon when we engage with something that engages all of our senses and our giftings. And it's like this rush of potential, this rush of energy that appears. It moves you forward. It moves you forward. And you can literally watch someone come alive. You can feel the energy when they start to talk about something that they love that is vital to who they are. And so I'm always picking attention to it with clients because I can see it. I can feel it because it'll appear like an energy spike, kind of like on an EKG. If you kind of picture this EKG, if they hit something that's really core to their design, 
It brings life. You can feel their energy go up. And that's different than excitement. People get excited about football or baseball or whatever, but that's not what this is. This is an energy that flows and it spikes. And as soon as they stop talking about it, you can feel it subside. And so you want to note those things. For me, I'm noting with my clients, I'm taking mental notes, sometimes literal notes, but I encourage my clients, and I encourage you to do this, is observe and listen, practice your new skills to pay attention to when your energy goes up and just note that and start collecting that information because it may be in one spot, another spot. You may have 15, 20 things that don't seem to relate, but when you collect enough data, you can see a pattern and there's certain things that will make you come alive. Yeah. There's something incredibly meaningful that happens when you come alive. It reveals it reveals purpose, doesn't it? It reveals meaning. It reveals what you were created for right? in some ways. Like it, it's an interesting phenomenon and it's hard to explain, Yeah, I think. But I think you explain it really well in what we're about to dive into, unless you have a comment about that. No. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit. You talk about three main differentiators. That's a hard word to say differentiators. I can't say that very well. I don't know why. Let's stop. I'm not, it's not making me come alive. <laughs> me either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Spikes, flow, and lack. That's right. Let's talk about those. Well, the spikes we've already kind of started talking about yeah. where your energy just surges when you're talking about something that is close to your heart and you doing something it. and talking about yeah, it, doing right? it or talking about it. Yeah, for sure. I say talk because that's what usually what I'm you're I'm talking, busy doing, <laughs> and listening to people talk. But it's like when I step into my wood shop, it's one of those things I love to do because I love to create. I love to develop potential. And so I can go in the wood shop and get lost and I'm just happy I'm just like a little busy beaver in there doing stuff and happy as a lark because I'm kind of in that place of I've recognized the spike. It's informed me. And when I step into the wood shop, I enter into flow because I'm working within my design to create something. Yeah. Which I love to do. And it's always a little sad when I flip off the light and lock the door and walk away. And but fortunately, I get to do this in my work because I a core it life giving energy thing for me is developing potential. And so whether it's a piece of wood that has potential or, you know, we recently moved into a new home, a home that needs to be decorated. There are blank walls. It's potential or people who have entrusted gifts. That maybe they don't fully know yet. It's great potential. I love seeing that develop or a business reach its fullest potential. I think creativity is hugely important in the whole process. I don't know. I could be very wrong on this, but I think we were created and we were meant to be creators. Right. It doesn't matter if you're working in the finance space. No. Or whatever it is, we were meant to be creators. And in some ways, that's kind of a giving, serving philosophy or, or way of being, isn't it? What's about bringing life? Bringing to life to something. Right. Yeah. That can be in any field, any profession. You have the opportunity to do that. So the spikes are the attention grabbing moments, the aha moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you're involved in something and you you feel yourself kind of have that surge of energy, that coming alive. There can be an aha associated with If you're paying attention, you'll have the aha. Yeah. If you're observing and you're listening, then you're going to be able to know what to do with it, the, the energy as well. Well, there's opportunity to do something yeah. with it. Yeah. It's like um, I've shared before with you that coaching found me. I was doing therapy and I'd work with men. They would start talking about work. They'd ask me a question about their work and I can't explain it, but I just got it. I saw it. And I do have a natural love for business, but they would, I could take 
my enjoyment of counseling, my skill in counseling, and this love of business. And it's like, I would offer them some thoughts or observations and they would go and apply these things. And for me, I just had all this ton of energy. I'd go home and tell Janet, I had the most fun tonight. And like, what'd you do? I was like, well, I was talking about this guy's business. She said, well, I thought you were counseling, you know? And it's like, well, it was, you know, uh-huh. yeah. a little defensive. Yeah. And <laughs> You're making that face again, Ken. <laughs> I am. Yeah. And so I just registered that. But at that time, coaching really didn't exist very broadly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't know what it was. I just knew I wanted to do more of that. Yeah. Because it made you feel alive. Yeah. And it, and it was impactful. You know, it wasn't just about me. It was about them too. Yeah. So it's paying attention to those highs, those spikes that you experience and making note of those. Again, back to journaling, you know, what makes you come alive? And if you start talking about those things. Well, and if you can harness your community, your family, like I've tried to reflect this to my children, you know, as they would do things like Zachary, my youngest, when he was in high school, I found out secondhand that he had started discipling middle schoolers with an adult. The two of them teamed up. So there would be kind of an older, mature man and then a younger one that the middle schoolers could relate to. He did that all on his own. He volunteered and engaged that, did that for two years. And then when he went away to school, he joined a a Christian fraternity at uh, University of Tennessee and he was doing it there. And he's just naturally organically have done that. Yeah. And when I talked to him about it, there's the spike of energy. There it is again. It's just there. He loves this and he's really good at it. That's why I tell my, my boys do what you love. Forget about, you know, the fame or the money or anything else. If you're doing what you love. And I know that we've heard people say that for years and, but it really is true. Like understand what makes you come alive, understand, pursue something that you would do. Doesn't matter if it's going to make you money or not. Just if it makes you come alive, you're passionate about it and you're going to forget, you're going to lose track of time. You're going to, you're just going to do it because you love it. And that's pay attention to that because there is something to that. And if you're pursuing that and doing that, you're never going to go wrong. You know, of course, later on in life, we get caught up in responsibilities and, and what other people think we should be doing and providing for a family and all of that. And you have to reconcile, how can I still do those things and earn a living? Well, I had a friend that he's a little older than me and he did didn't have a lot of direction growing up and he wound up going to college because that's what you're supposed to do. He put himself through school. He paid for it. And, but he didn't really understand how college worked. And so he, he went, he just started looking at the course catalog and started taking courses he wanted to take. He wouldn't even focus on a degree plan. Right. It's like he missed that. <laughs> and so he just would take these classes. And if it had a prerequisite, he'd take the prerequisite and then take the class he wanted. And then he realized that after about three years or so, <laughs> he, he wasn't had, closer to graduation. No, he had friends that were graduating. He's like, Oh, I got to figure this out. So he got all his courses out and looked at it and he got dual degree. He got a degree in genetics and a degree in special ed. Huh. And because those two things, and what you don't know is that he started off in 4-H raising cattle for show. Oh, wow. And made money doing that. He switched over to the horses because it was more lucrative. And he had a you know show quarter horse business. That is what he did with his life. But he was just naturally drawn into genetics. And so it was this kind of innocent curiosity that he just stumbled into his flow. Yeah. I wonder if that's what it means to have a childlike faith. I kind of think it is. Yeah. It's where you're just kind of naturally observing and listening and curious and true. And you just kind of move toward, well, if this is life-giving, of course I'm going to do this. Right. It's like if we can strip off these cultural norms yeah. and expectations. Even religious just, norms. Well, well absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All of that. And just go, hey, buddy, what do you want to focus on today? Yeah. What do you want to do? Yeah. And I think kids would just so organically find what they're supposed to be about. Yeah. 
we make it so much more complicated than we need to. And as parents, we can help our kids navigate all this cultural stuff so that you can help them learn to listen to what's on the inside of them. Yeah. Yeah. Just by reflecting it. Tonight, we're going to have a group of 12 college students in here today. And we had them here on Tuesday. And I observed how much they are struggling with. And there's so much pressure that they put on themselves to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. And they're so hungry for answers. And I just want to say to each, I want to touch them all on the head and be like, listen, just relax, drop it, drop the pressure because you can't make decisions under pressure. That's stymieing your energy. It's killing it. Yeah. And go with what is flowing. And that's the next phase here or the next part of energy flow. Talk about the difference between spikes and flow. Well, spikes are just those kind of aha moments of energy that we've talked about where flow is when you're working within your design. You know, when I talked about the wood shop, I was describing flow because I'm, when I'm doing coaching, I'm kind of in the core of flow because it's one of my very favorite things to do. And I kind of naturally just navigate in that space almost effortlessly. And that's something we got to be aware of because if you're in flow, Often we dismiss it because we think anybody can do that. Sure. It's easy. It seems natural. Right. Well, that's not true. Yeah. And then you undervalue it. You undervalue yourself. Right. You undervalue it. And when it's probably the very thing you ought to be using to earn money and we need to be valuing it the most. So that's kind of a clue if you're trying to figure this out is look at the things that you do well, that you do naturally, that kind of almost come effortlessly. And then just simply ask yourself, do I, is this life-giving? Do I get energy out of this? Yeah. Because probably is where your energy is. Yeah. Part of your design. Yeah. That you need to be about. Yeah. And flow is about finding as many ways to stay in that place right. as possible. Which actually leads to our third thing, which is lack of flow. And paying attention to, okay, where do we get into the, I think of it as a river, you're best when you're in the middle of the current because there's energy there. You don't have to work so hard. Flow. It's easier to navigate. You're in the middle of the flow of the river. If you try to play it safe and hug the edge of the river, it's actually more dangerous. You, you run one, you can run into all kinds of rock and sandbars and you're just dragging bottom, which there's a lack of flow. There's a lack of energy or you can get tangled up in trees and stuff like debris on the edge of the river. And so we can think about that use that metaphorically to think about our lives of, okay, where, where do we wind up having resistance and where do we start to have energy that's draining? And so for me, I learned early on, there were certain kinds of work that there was a lack of energy. It was draining for me. And any work will create some drain because you are spending energy, mm-hmm. right? But I'm talking about an unnecessary drain. And the way I conceptualize it for myself is I would, I should have a unit one unit of energy for one client. If I had a client that cost me five units of energy, I began to ask why. What was the the drag for me you know, with that client? And sometimes it was just the difficulty the client was in or who they were personality-wise. But sometimes it was just, if I paid attention, there was a pattern of that isn't my work. That isn't my kind of work. And just learning to let go of that pushed me right back into the flow. And so a lot of people today talk about it in terms of finding your niche, if you get a niche. And once again, sometimes people think about this structurally, like I've got to figure out my niche. And I'm like, listen to yourself and your niche will find you. That's a big part of it. Listen to yourself and your niche 
will find you. Absolutely will. That's good. That's really good. Because when you come alive, you're going to attract more of that same kind of work. Yeah. Because you're making impact and those people will spread the word on your behalf because there's alignment. There's resonance like we were talking about last episode. It's like everything kind of comes together. Now, I know you do several things when you work with a coaching client. Uh, You do these assessments that they fill out. And I think that's kind of the factual data as good input. But do you value what gives you life over what the numbers say or what the personality type says? No question. No question about it. Sometimes when I'm working with clients, I'll help them do a fit analysis for like a new employee or potential new employee. And if we get to a later stage, often I get to interview the potential employee. And what I'm looking for is purely is what gives them energy, what my client needs. It's that simple. Now, I'm still doing the assessments because I'm, I want to have the data to help me see that and understand that. But I'll get them talking about things they've done in the past. And I'm, I'm just simply looking for what resonance. What's the resonance and where's the energy flow for yeah. them? And I did this not too long ago with for a client. And it was fun getting this young lady talking about the work she did. And she started kind of getting giddy. She's talking about this work that would have been, for me, would have been mind-numbing. Right. For her, it was just so life-giving. And it was, there's a joy that's present. And as she's talking about it, the actual things that she was doing was the kind of stuff that they needed done. And so there's just perfect a, fit, a natural alignment between the two. Well, this is a, I got lost. I got carried away in our conversation today because it's one of my favorite topics. Oh, me too. Yeah. I love this. Love getting into the flow. And I mean, podcasting is easy. I, I could do this. I feel so much better today yeah. right now after having three hours of, yeah. of doing episodes with you. Yeah. Much more charged up and alive than I was before we got started. So thanks for going on the journey down the river with me today. Absolutely. Yeah. My pleasure. So what are the main takeaways, the actions that our listener can take? Well, you want to use the observational data, the listening, and just make note of when you have energy. When the energy rises in you, what is it that's bringing life? Yeah. Where do you find life? And that calls you to an action. I mean, you can find life in things that are beautiful and you'll find energy there, which is a good thing, but that's more restorative energy. You want to find the energy that kind of calls you to some kind of action, some kind of doing, some kind of engagement. It's time to plug in. If there's one thing you need to hear right now. Yes. You've done all the work. We've talked about this enough. It's time to plug in. Right. I bet everybody that's listening, you know what gets you excited. You've just been listening to this episode and you know. So write it down. It's time to take action. That's right. And plug yourself in to that energy and let it take you. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Please. Sometimes we find the energy in one spot and we have to learn how to translate that into something else. Explain that. Yeah. I have a, a young client, smart young man, very capable, good guy who found all this energy around a sport that he loved, played it in college, was excellent, still is excellent at it. He found life there. And so I gave him an assignment to look at, okay, what are the things that you were doing? What is it about that sport that was energizing for you? So he started breaking it down into a lot of subcategories. Like he loved the competition. He liked the sport required some real internal kind of work to do well. You couldn't get in your head too much. You had to really trust right. self and trust your abilities and kind of let go. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of strategy involved in the sport and calculation and all these kind of things. Well, those things, I just said, okay, all those things that you just mentioned, you want to find a job that requires all those things. Yeah. 
And he was like, oh my gosh. He had a spike. He had a spike. He's like, I've never considered doing that. Because it was kind of like, I need to go find a job in that sport. I'm like, well, not necessarily. No. For me, before I went to graduate school, I worked for my in-laws commercial glass business. I loved it. It was so energizing and life-giving. And when you analyze what I was actually doing, I'm doing the same thing. It's just over here in the coaching world. A lot of times people who are super talented at music love music. There's these aspects of music that say to me, I want to work in the music business. Well, that's a completely different thing. You're going to, you could be miserable working in the music business because you're working with people that you want to be. Right. So if you want to be that person, don't put yourself because you're afraid or you you don't think you have as much talent. That's the wrong way of thinking because you've got to go with what brings you energy. That's right. So many people decide to work in the music business because they feel or don't think that they, and then they end up being miserable because everyone else is getting to be a musician and they're not. That's right. Anyway, that's another way of looking at it too. Yeah, that's good. Well, Ken, this is fun. I love this. This kind of completes our our uh, our three, I don't know, our trifecta of observation, learning to listen, and then plugging in to the energy. Absolutely. What gives you energy? It's going to be fun. Next episode, we're going to be kind of take us into the the last quarter of our season one, where we're going to be diving into goal setting, breaking goals down into action, and then putting it all together at the very end. That's right. Yeah. How to use all of these conversations that we've had to really think deeply about your life. Yeah, it's good. There's a reward coming. It is. Yeah. All right, friends, that's good for today. And we'll see you again on the next episode. For show notes and relevant resources mentioned in today's episode, and if you'd like to reach out to Ken to see if coaching is the right next step for you, visit ProvidentLeadership.com. That's ProvidentLeadership.com. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform.